0: Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, the weekly news roundup that covers the 30 top stories of the week at breakneck speed, bringing you all kinds of acerbic commentary uh, from way outside the mainstream box. I'm Kevin Barrett with Dr. J. Michael Springman. Hello, J. Mike. What's up?
1: Hi, I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm appalled at the uh, people who believe in the, uh, uh, the Quranic truth of the Washington compost.
0: <laughs> well, the chronic truth is that the Western compost is going to be composted in hellfire. Uh, that's kind of a contradiction in terms of that. bad, bad <laughs> image there, I guess but anyway let's go to our slides and get into the exciting stories of the week uh, but first of course the obligatory PSAs here's our slide for the week based on the Facebook censoring the stories about Facebook censorship and then if you try to post your own story about the censorship of the Facebook censorship they censor you and then you can post another story on the fa- censorship the censorship the censorship and they'll censor that too so we'll get to that later meanwhile the drone attack story uh Let's see. What it Oh, this is my new uh, American Free Press story, so I'm just plugging that. Uh please do subscribe to americanfreepress.net to read this kind of stuff or my substack kevinbarrett.substack.com you can read it early. Okay, these are the official PSAs now. And that is how to support the show. You go to truthjihad.com takes you to Iceland where you click on False Flag Weekly News, you get to this page this week and number one on the list of stories and so on is that fundraiser link that takes you to the fundraiser for next week which is last i looked at zero so we definitely want to get up to at least you know one cent uh before i do the show and actually 200 is preferred it is a fair bit of work putting this together folks and then the second item on the list there this is another fundraiser link to help us become sustainable i can't afford to do this work in the united states As I near retirement age and intend to keep working, but it's just not enough to pay for all the crap I have to deal with here in the United States. So we're trying to go to Morocco where we can live uh sustainably and continue to do these shows. Please help out. And you can PayPal to Trucci at a Gmail or snail mail the box two two one Lone Rock Wisconsin and get us out of this crazy place. (laughs) Let's move on to the stories. Okay, first uh category is news about presidents, not necessarily dead presidents. And yeah, send your dead presidents to PO Box 221. But actually, uh, well, I guess some dead presidents, uh, the uh, namely JFK, uh, the first president's story is that RFK Jr. is being increasingly straightforward and outspoken about the fact that he knows that the CIA was involved in murdering his father, RFK, and his uncle, JFK. And that's front page headlines at RT. But uh, Mike, I, we don't see much of this in the front page of the New York Times.
1: No, or the Washington Compost or uh, uh, CNN, or any of these other organizations, uh, MSNBC, which prides itself on being so liberal and progressive. Uh, but uh, this man was murdered in 1963, and this is now 2023. How many years is that? And it's, it's not the one decent investigation.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a total outrage. And I mean, these are these big media outfits are now heavily tilting towards the Democratic Party, and yeah, the deep state goes around killing Democrats, starting with the Kennedy brothers most outrageously, but a lot of others too. They're way on the side of killing a lot more Democrats than Republicans. Why aren't the Democrats protesting this?
1: Well, because they're deeply involved. They are uh, one cheek of the great malodorous American behind, and I think the only difference is. Uh, the uh, the size and shape of them. I mean, they're, uh, they are look about the same and smell about the same to me. And uh, anybody who questions this, of course, is a conspiracy theorist who wears a tinfoil hat. And of course, conspiracy theorist was created by the lack of intelligence agency to damp down any questions about the murder of Kennedy in 1963. Uh, they wanted uh, anybody who questioned this to be labeled a, a a crazy person, a person out of touch with reality when in fact it was the lack of intelligence agency and the Democratic Party or the Democratic cheek of the great American behind uh, that doesn't want to touch any of this with a 10-foot pole or a 12-foot Hungarian.
0: And it's indeed ironic that the very Washington Post or Compost that won't touch this actually did have a pretty decent story on the RFK assassination, pointing out the obvious evidence that he was shot point blank from behind, almost certainly by his security guard, and uh sir Han was a hypnotized patsy who'd been hypnotized to just blindly and unconsciously fire a few random shots from 15 feet in front so that uh washington post did cover that once and but now uh no more and here we have this this really smart brave you know flag bearer of the Kennedy dynasty running for president against uh, the most useless candidate in ages which is saying <laughs> something and they won't give him the time of day when he's talking about this it's what what a political scene we're, we're in here well and speaking of the uh kind of useless commander-in-chief that we have right now there's a big scandal brewing as his corruption is festering to the surface the House Oversight Committee has been subpoenaing the FBI to try to get a hold of this file with all of the evidence for Biden taking bribes when he was vice president. And the FBI admits the file exists. They admit it's unclassified, but they can't give it to Congress. I wonder why not.
1: Well, I mean, the FBI is not the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's the Fascist Bureau of Intimidation. Uh, there's an article uh, on covert action I saw today. I mean, I'm I'm no fan of Louie Lou Wolf's organization, uh, but I am. I, uh,
0: I like their stuff.
1: Oh, uh, But uh, John Kiriakou has something up there that talks about the FBI breaking into a uh, secure storage vault with lots of um, um, uh, safe deposit boxes on a, a vague rumor uh, that there might be some money laundering going on. And he seized the contents of all the safe deposit boxes and confiscated them. And the people can't get their money and their possessions back.
0: It was organized grand theft. The FBI just looked at this place. Hey, we can just go take all of this money, all of these valuables, uh, without having to even allege or prove anything about any of these individuals whose money we're stealing. All we're going to say is that, well, anybody who has money in these boxes obviously must be dodging taxes, so we're just going to take all their money. Due process? Oh, (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, Kiryoko wrote a great piece there in that Cobra Action Quarterly, which I still think is not such a bad uh, publication as publications go, even if you have some kind of beef with Looney Lou going way back. I don't know what you guys got into at what point, but. Well,
1: uh, he he was after one of his employees, an Iranian uh, who was here, and he treated him very badly uh, and uh, objected vehemently when the guy sued for back pay.
0: I see. Okay, yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. So I just I just know what I read in Cobra Action Quarterly, and it's often really good. So speaking of uh, of Joe Biden, uh, the migrant wave at the southern border is probably voting poorly for his presidency, as are the polls showing Trump with a near double digit lead over Biden uh, the very like the day after Trump was convicted of rape in a civil court. So uh, Biden, I don't know who he could beat. Uh, It's it's almost (laughs) like Hillary all over again. The Democrats seem to be devoted to finding and sticking with the most pathetic candidates uh maybe it's a conspiracy to get Trump back in office I don't know anyway there's a huge (laughs) kerfluffle down there at the border Title 42 ended with the COVID emergency and the migrants I can't this is confusing to me Mike because first we're told that the migrants are coming so when the title 42 ends then they can get across the border and they won't be stopped because there's no COVID emergency but then the other story is they're actually rushing to get across the border before the emergency ends because then (laughs) they are treated better. Like once the emergency is over, they could theoretically send them to prison for seven years or something like that.
1: Well, you but missed the, today's it, Washington Post story that says this isn't happening. They've dropped off since they announced that Title 42 is expiring. So I, uh, you sort of wonder how much of this is manipulation, how much of it is brainwashing without soap.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in any case, obviously, there has been a lot more uh, illegal immigration since Biden came in. And again, that's probably not to his political advantage. And here's the kind of story that we're seeing uh, beating up on Biden over this with the protection of the privacy of the illegal aliens. The reporters aren't allowed to photograph them because that would invade their privacy. That's that's really you know, courteous treatment for lawbreakers. I mean, normally criminals are given the perp block, but not these people.
1: Well, it's amazing. I, I looked at some of the clips uh, in that article and it was absolutely astonishing that they were blocking the newsmen's cameras, pushing them back, saying, you have no right to do this. We have to protect these poor, innocent people. And they're illegal, illegally in the United States. And uh, I don't know what they're doing with them. They're, they're, they're transporting them somewhere. And I've seen articles recently, I guess it was uh, one of the immigration sites, uh, saying that these characters are uh, not even being caught and released with their names and details taken down. They're simply turned loose in the country they'll never find them again and they'll work for you know peanut wages and live 12 to a room and be fat and happy
0: well they they do get this little piece of paper that says show please show up for your court case in six months <laughs> and that's yeah, right. uh, yeah so yeah it is it is a little strange and of course I mean once you know some of us sympathize with people you know and who are in tough shape and would like to cross a border or go somewhere else to try and do better with their lives I'm crossing a border I'm moving to Morocco and I really appreciate the fact that people are allowed to cross borders and I'm not that crazy about a world in which only the super rich and powerful can easily cross borders and the less money you have, the harder it is. That doesn't seem fair. So I'm I'm not like a hardcore anti-immigration person. On the other hand, I, I certainly see the arguments on, on the anti-immigration side, too, and uh, the politics of it all. Well, it's advantaging Trump. Here's uh, Trump uh, in his town hall on CNN, which the liberal media went bananas afterwards, saying, oh, my God, why did we let him do this? Because he did kind of, you know, chew up and spit out this moderator, Caitlin Collins. Not that everything Trump said was necessarily true or what Caitlin Collins said was necessarily false, but they did. uh, They were very much at loggerheads. And I don't think that the overall impression made by this debate is going to harm Trump, and you know, so he's he's winning in a landslide in matchups with Biden, even after all of this lawfare stuff. Mm. Uh, it's setting the country up for some real craziness.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, Biden, I think a dead dog could beat him in a race for president.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe Trump should just run his dead dog and stay home <laughs> in Mar-a-Lago and relax and enjoy life. Uh, but yeah I I actually read the transcript of this debate I didn't watch the whole thing but I I looked at the transcript and you know I can read a lot faster than I can watch and um it's he's certainly not uh being particularly demure or apologetic (laughs) about anything and it's it's kind of entertaining and and it works and so probably all those anti-Trump people who said he never should have been allowed on CNN yeah they have a point into if if they're purely just trying to keep him out of power uh, well, this was the sexual assault conviction in civil court that uh, came right before he it was 10, point, 10 points up on Biden in the polls. Uh, but it is a little dicey. Here's an article arguing, uh, or this was actually a Jimmy Dore video, I think. Do we have a Jimmy Dore thing? No. Anyway, Jimmy says, and I kind of agree that this was looks like a total setup. Like New York had to suspend its rules and write a whole new law. Uh, giving a six-month window, purely so that this one case could be brought against Trump. So it's giving Trump every excuse and right, indeed, to say that, hey, they're they're targeting me. They're unfair. I'm playing by different rules. you are trying to keep me out of office. Well, I don't think he's
1: wrong. Well, they've been unhappy ever since he beat uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, she had a right to be president, and Trump took it away from her with votes from American citizens who didn't particularly care for Hillary. That's true. Deal with reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just run better candidates against Bernie (laughs) Sanders could have kicked his butt in any either of these elections. Uh, But for some reason, they have to find super uh, unpleasant candidates that inspire, you know, no real passion at best and are just totally uh, repulsive at worst. And you know, this this Jean Carroll thing, I mean, it's, what's weird about this, she doesn't remember what year this supposed sexual assault happened. So, you know, if they have to suspend statute of limitations to go back 30 years, and she can't even remember what year it was, and there's zero evidence, it's just her word against Trump's. Not that I trust Trump's word on anything, but still, I mean, does it... it is this a weak case or what? Sure I
1: mean, I mean the whole point behind a, behind the a statute of limitations is you can't keep prosecuting somebody when people can't remember what they did 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. that's So so, again, they're giving Trump all of these good arguments that they don't need to give him. But, uh, hey, you know, they're dedicated to keep, keep keeping him out of office, which is the official story. Or maybe they're actually greasing the skids for him to come back in a big way, which is, you know, I I wouldn't be too surprised if it plays out that way. Well, let's move on to the war on journalism stories. First story is Gonzalo Lira was arrested. I remember he disappeared uh, months ago and then resurfaced. He had been visited and stuff. Well, now he's actually under arrest why well he's in ukraine and his narrative isn't what the Nazis want people to hear and not just the Nazis, but indeed the americans in this story we learn that michael john Cirillo, a transgender american mercenary so i guess trying to convert the slavic lands to uh, his particular uh, view <laughs> of morality and things like that uh is planning to work He well, he's worked with the ukrainian secret police He's going to testify. So this guy who looks like he has U.S. official contacts is a big part of the case against Gonzalo Lira. So, hey, free Gonzalo Lira. What else can you say?
1: Well, you've got this guy, Gershkovitz, who was uh, backed by the CIA and investigating uh, Russian uh, arms factories east of the Urals. I mean, that's hardly a a position for somebody from The Wall Street Journal, which focuses on financial news. Uh, So we've got uh, a... uh, a black and white uh bias here on the part of the American government
0: because Zalala is <laughs> reporting from Ukraine has been pretty good and if you read the mainstream hatchet jobs on him all they do is say oh this guy he's some kind of weird internet influencer who tries to coach the young guys about how they can find women and things like that wow what a sleazebag that's not how he sounds to me when he's discussing the war in Ukraine it sounds to me like he's a pretty brave guy who is just upset by the way that the propaganda in the west is so one-sided and he's trying to give the other side from that country which is actually a pretty brave thing to do like just like rfk jr running for president and and telling the cia that he knows they killed his dad and his uncle i mean that's a brave thing to do so there's not very much courage left in the world today i think we should salute it where we see it and gonzalo lira looks like he's a pretty courageous
1: guy yeah journalism is telling the truth that nobody wants to hear
0: well that's what you're supposed to do and Tucker Carlson does some of that every now and then and he got fired from Fox for his pains now he's coming back to Twitter and uh I guess some of the Twitter officials are kind of pretending that they're not totally on board with it or whatever there's no contract but he doesn't need a contract he can still stream his show if he can get some subscribers like hey you know I've got subscribers over at Substack and I'm sure that Tucker probably could get more subscribers than me and make more money than me my goodness
1: well, wasn't he sacked uh, from fox after he had robert f kennedy jr on saying terrible things about uh uh, uh phony tony foci and his, his phony vaccines
0: i think that's probably part of it people have speculated about the various offenses that tucker has committed against the dominant discourse there's a long list of them so for yeah, for a mainstream figure he used to be an anti 911 truther but then just what was it six months or a year ago uh said hey why can't we ask questions about building seven I don't understand why we so if he's saying that I think he's his mind has changed about 9-11 and probably a lot of other things and he's repeatedly referenced the fact that he has grown more and more red-pilled in recent years so that's why Fox can't handle him but he's going to move to Twitter and have a bigger audience than he had on Fox and this is Tyler Durden's uh, analysis of this uh, he's point he points out that streaming is now replacing cable and satellite distribution, so TV is now becoming indistinguishable from Twitter, and that's why these mainstream media that uh, oligarchs are losing their power, and people like Tucker Carlson can go someplace where they can speak their minds and get even more viewers than they had at the old dinosaur network and so hey here at false flag we lose we're, we're kind of a part of this we're we're the new tv <laughs>
1: <laughs> well think of all the uh the 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 xanax and the uh uh diazepam that's being sold uh to all the people who are so dependent on, on watching the lamestream media
0: and I, I think tyler here may be a little bit too easy on tucker i'm i know mean, on, on twitter and on elon musk in particular okay. uh elon has not fully liberated Twitter there still are I think I'm still shadow banned there last I checked uh and so are various other people so I think that Elon Musk has a ways to go if he wants to have a constitutional policy at Twitter but other than that I thought this article was pretty good and the larger point that somebody like Tucker Carlson can actually do better getting out of the big uh, media conglomerate is a really important point um well, speaking of war on journalism news, the most violent part of the war on journalism is the places where journalists are shot. Uh, and Palestine is right up at the top of that list. You know, Shireen Abu Akleh, an American citizen, was blatantly murdered, almost certainly deliberately targeted with premeditation because they didn't like her work. And uh, you know, murdered by Israeli troops and outrageous cover up with constantly shifting stories was put in place. And it's all been pretty much exposed. Even the American authorities, mainstream media, and government are all admitting that Shirin Abu Akhla was targeted and murdered by the Israelis, but they just want the whole thing to go away, and they haven't done anything. And even the Washington Post, uh, which, as you say, is uh, is part of the uh, great American behind, well, they may be a little behind on this story. It took them a while, but mm-hmm. now they're calling out the authorities. So yeah, you know, every now and then, even the Washington Post does something right. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, the, the whole thing is outrageous. This has been going on for years. Donna Shalala, who was in the Clinton cabinet, uh, was held up for hours uh, because the Israelis didn't want to her to enter occupied Palestine. Uh, and I know one guy, Mohammed Ghanem, who unfortunately is now dead. He had been head of Voice of America's Arabic service when they had it. Uh, they kept stripping his clothes off when he was trying to enter uh, uh, occupied Palestine on behalf of the American government. And he was finally left naked in a cold uh, booth, and he turned the tables on them by running out absolutely starkers, shouting, they've taken my clothes, they've taken my clothes, help me, help me, which set off an uproar.
0: Yeah, the brutal treatment of Palestinians in so many ways is, you know, we could talk about that all hour. I actually did have some feedback from Maysoon, a shout out to Maysoon, who said she wished that we would do more in-depth stuff on Palestine but you know while false flag weekly news is trying to cover the all of it you know big 30 stories of the entire week so we can't talk about Palestine all day but maybe sometimes I think we we should in this case is just so outrageous what other country can just deliberately murder a mainstream American journalist and basically just lie and laugh about it and get away with it you know the Zionists own they own DC they have you know so much power they can do whatever they want which brings us to the zio-fascism section of our show 30 Palestinians slaughtered in Gaza this week, uh, starting with women and children. They also got a couple of so-called Islamic jihad leaders. We'll be talking about one of those uh, so-called terrorists in just a moment. But this, uh, you know, just, just kind of randomly slaughtering dozens of civilians is par for the course. That's what the Zionists do with support from the American taxpayer, handing them billions of dollars every year to do it.
1: Well, plus they get things like uh, selling their products in the United States, like uh, Tribe and um, uh, Yo- uh, uh, Ahava Beauty Products. Uh, it's uh, They're owned by Israeli companies to a large extent, and money goes from here to there and supports their government and their, their armed forces, which uh, work against the legitimate occupants of, of Palestine. And uh, they, Israel wouldn't exist without American taxpayer support.
0: And now there are all these anti-bds laws uh, mm. and mostly in red states it's republicans like desantis who pushed through these anti-bds laws you're not allowed to boycott israel so if you go to the supermarket and you refuse to you know buy some pomegranates that were made in israel you're you're a criminal in these states you have to buy israeli stuff it's you know not only are they stealing your tax money but they're going to try to put a gun to your head and force you to buy israeli stuff in the store. It's just outrageous if the Zionists have got their boots on the throat of Uncle Sam and have for quite some time. 9-11 was, of course, a big step in that direction. Well, here's one of those terrible Islamic jihad people that has died in in occupied Palestine. Uh, uh, Khader Adnan uh, was, quote-unquote, affiliated with Palestinian Islamic jihad, but he's part of this larger movement of younger activists in Palestine who are basically affiliated with all Palestinians and Islamic Jihad is part of that and they're actually uh they they have some support from Iran uh which is really the only honest supporter of the Palestinians and uh this guy had Adnan ended up dying after he did a hunger strike and the Israelis went out of their way to let him die and who knows if they even helped uh helped him die so they uh, didn't want to release him because the, essentially, he's, he's been doing, you know, he's, he's such a good populist leader in terms of getting people out there to protest and keeping their morale up and so on. Uh, charismatic leader that they obviously were very happy to get rid of him.
1: That's too true. It's uh, he, uh, you know, uh, was a great danger because he led a hunger strike. He was a great danger because he organized a protest. So, you're not allowed to speak the truth anywhere in an occupied Palestine.
0: I guess but now that he's dead he's he's a martyr so mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't so smart but mm-hmm. of course you know when when you per- perpetrate injustice against the whole people and do it for this long uh, mm-hmm. they're going to figure out how to push back
1: yeah. and
0: the, again the new generation uh, as in this article by Ramsey Baroud this new generation of Palestinians mm-hmm. is uh, changing they're no longer down with the corrupt PLO authorities working with the Israelis to oppress them they are siding with the independent forces, the honest forces, and they're uniting all of the people across the spectrum of Palestinian society to str- struggle and push back against Zionist genocide. Of course, we're not supposed to talk about that here in America. The ADL not too long ago put out a hit uh, hit piece on me, quoting me as, as talking about the Zionist genocide of Palestine. So they think I'm a bad guy, apparently, and I should be banned from Substack because I talk about that. Uh, and hit, so they're just part of this massive censorship industrial complex that Nat Tabi has exposed you know com- foundations big tech NGOs fact checkers think tanks academic initiatives and for-profit uh companies as well as the government are out there uh, spending billions probably tens or hundreds of billions of dollars to try to shut people up and force their narrative down the throats of people and end critical thinking And uh, you can't make up some of these stories, Facebook censoring the racket report on censorship. So there's a report on censorship that notes Facebook censorship and Facebook censors that, thereby proving that they don't really censor. I guess that's their logic. Um, They
1: censored me a couple of times. I put a few things up that were critical of Facebook and their desired belief system. And uh, they claimed that, oh, this is terrible. You have violated our standards, but never specified what the standards were, unless, of course, Israeli standards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have these hate speech standards um, describing people as inferior or subhuman. Well, that would apply for pretty much the whole Israeli government. They all talk about uh, basically exterminating the Palestinian vermin uh, that I could go into details about some of those individuals, but then it would, you know, again, we're going to take up the whole show with this, Uh, denying the existence of a group of people, all the Israeli leaders from, you know, Golda Meir on down saying, no, such thing as Palestinians, they, uh, they do that. But of course, Facebook won't censor you for that. They'll censor you for standing up for the Palestinians over in California. Meanwhile, Uh, they are putting in a snitch line, a snitch hotline. So if anybody uses any kind of hate speech, uh, you can report them to the snitch hotline. So you could call up and report all the Zionists, I suppose, but that won't get (laughs) you anywhere. Uh, On the other hand, if you have some kind of uh, identity that you can call on and claim that you have a, you know, you're, you're one of the 38 flavors of gender and somebody called you a name by or refused to Gender you correctly by accidentally saying one of the other thirty seven or thirty five varieties of gender. I guess you could call the snitch hotline. Anyway, what do you what do you think, Mike? Is the this, this snitch hotline going to make things happy and peaceful in La La Land out there in California?
1: I don't think so. It looks like a more way to give the crazies a another chance to uh, fume and, and foam at the mouth and to uh, get the front page of the newspaper or the uh, make the evening news. Uh, in Virginia, uh, there, the Washington Post is raving about the evils of uh, Governor Yunkin, who's a Republican, and he had put up a hotline for uh, people to call in about uh, the 37 different varieties of pronouns that were being taught in the public school system, and people could uh, come call in and complain about that, and they would try and do something about it. And of course, the Post thought this was horrible and, and racist and was censoring and engaging in thought control and so forth, but... Uh, they I love the idea of uh, the Californicators doing all of this.
0: And, you know, if this were all interpreted properly, I wouldn't have that much of a problem with people saying, yeah, that's hate speech. That's a bad thing. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think people should be censored and shut down for hate speech. There's no exception for hate speech in the Constitution. But in fact, I think that some kinds of so-called hate speech could be interpreted as fighting words right if somebody Mm -hmm. says that to you you're you take a swing at them right that's that's to be expected and so fighting words are an exception to the first amendment's protection of of speech so if we just go back to the first amendment and use the first amendment jurisprudence as the guideline to looking at what kinds of speech are legal and which kinds are not which kinds are protected which kinds are not we might get some clarity here, but they don't want that. And as as the mainstream media has been telling us, and the, and the foundations devoted to this have been saying now for years, First Amendment is a problem for them. They, yeah. you know, oh, they, exactly. they don't want to have to adhere to it.
1: And the, the cool thing about this, this brilliant thing of Newsom, who uh, they tried to recall and failed, uh, is that the law itself uh, requires you to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the uh, this is a hate crime, actions were taken, people's rights were deprived, they were harmed financially or physically or something like this. They want specifics, they want real actions. And, uh, you know, this this name calling and uh, uh, motivations uh, isn't going to fly if you try to use the law. In fact, they could probably use the law against the state for uh, uh, depriving them of their civil rights.
0: In this case, the, idea, the whole idea of a snitch hotline is it kind of, you know, puts the mommy state on steroids oh uh, it's another like the mixed
1: in east germany <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. but yeah, you have people picking up the
0: phone and saying uh mommy mommy he called me a name uh it just seems kind of pathetic really i mean but and, and it seems like that's that kind of attitude and behavior is being encouraged here but who knows anyway the fbi meanwhile uh is out there keeping an eye on the anti-vax people the same contractor that they used to go after the evil Muslim terrorists are now going after the evil anti-vax terrorists uh, Flashpoint is the name of this group and so Lee Fang just exposed this this week so don't you feel safer Mike now that you know the FBI contractors are going after anti-vax terrorists
1: no I don't feel safer I I feel very very much disturbed that these people are probing anything that you say that uh, questions vaxxing. Uh, I mean, I got the virus one time from a woman who'd been vaxxed. Fortunately, all we shared was drinks, but still in all.
0: Well, just saying that, Mike, should probably put you on the <laughs> radar at Flashpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, come on, this is, this, they're so desperate to police their narratives, it really doesn't give you much faith in the inherent truth of the narratives that they have to work so hard at policing. Oh, okay. See this pattern over and over and over. Well, the COVID emergency is apparently theoretically over, although I think maybe there's a little bit of a new normal, a whiff of that new normal still hanging around, a bit of a stench in the air. Uh, but officially, the emergency is over. And now, speaking of the stench in the air, surveillance has shifted to the sewers. So now, instead of surveilling people, they're surveilling excrement. <laughs> they're surveilling shit. That's a, oh my goodness. Let's just say it. That's that's now what is the the whole way the way they're going to monitor COVID now is by going after bowel movements after they've been flushed. And that's how they're going to know, like, who has it and who doesn't. And if they catch you with it, they're going to crawl up the sewer pipes. And, no, 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 That's <laughs> it's not quite that bad. But but uh, anyway, I just thought this was kind of an amusing uh, way of declaring the emergency over now. Our surveillance shifts to the sewers. and the
1: uh, How much more, are we paying to do that? I mean, you're going yeah. to go to the sewer and scoop up COVID-laden waste? My God.
0: Right. It, every ounce of human waste will be combed relentlessly for the virus. Well, we need
1: uh, Ralph Crampton
0: for that from the old Jackie Gleason show. There you go. <laughs> so what else are they wasting our money on? Well, we just learned that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to try to brainwash mostly like black people and other uh, minority communities, uh, underserved communities, meaning communities that are suspicious. They've heard of things like the Tuskegee sy- syphilis experiments, <laughs> where African-Americans were basically uh, killed uh, through withheld treatment for syphilis and uh, there are a long list of other similar stories so some of these communities quite rightly are skeptical of these government initiatives to force people to do these treatments or anti-treatments or whatever and so we have to overcome that we have to spend vast piles of money to try to brainwash all the minority people into getting vaxxed and in fact uh if you if you look at how they did this they well they went all over the country they they uh, paid piles of money to get influencers to go after the places of worship, the community organizations, recreation programs, food banks. They got the vaccine providers in there so that everywhere you went in these communities, you couldn't miss like needles poking at you.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, they didn't manage to raise the vax rates very much as far as we can tell. Those communities still were very resistant to uh, compare to some of the other communities. But, hey, that's your tax dollars at work.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Did they really plan this from the very beginning or did as time went by, they thought, hey, we can get more money for more organizations to do more things if we do X, Y, and Z and uh, co-opt all of these uh, uh, community uh, benefits organizations to uh, uh, parrot the narrative that uh, you need a, a VAX of whatever kind that's still experimental and uh it it does it kind of build on itself and hey we got this we got that well let's let's add something else what else can we think we we can add to the problem i don't it's just amazing they couldn't have planned this from the start
0: yeah well so many people were making money off this one way or another making money off the official narrative that everybody who's making money off the official narrative has a powerful often unconscious Mm -hmm. bias towards accepting the official narrative so if they use vast piles of taxpayers money to you know they make they make the virus and then they make the vaccine then they go out and, and just throw money at people to be pro-vax you get enough people who have that incentive to be pro-vax uh taking money and you can actually kind of steer public opinion that way and mm-hmm. so it probably worked to some extent um okay uh more uh new normal news mm-hmm. the pandemic is supposedly over as we saw and only they're only surveilling the sewers now however it looks like the there's a push the push for the cashless society is continuing even though you don't have to worry about the germs on the cash anymore especially since <laughs> COVID was airborne in the first place that's so they still propagandized against cash based on covid and so now in switzerland there's an initiative that's now gotten enough signatures to have a referendum on whether to keep cash and switzerland is one of the most cash using uh, societies in Europe there's some others some of those countries are down to like five percent of the transactions are in cash or less in Switzerland it's like a third or something like that um but I think this is important Mike because there are a long list of reasons why you don't want to completely get rid of cash
1: no they've got uh, as far as firearms goes uh, they're pushing uh, credit card companies to have a special category for if you buy ammunition or targets or you go to a gun range or if you buy a, a, a firearm, uh, to tag this and flag this. Uh, in China, they uh, have this cashless society where everything depends on your cell phone and, and uh, pushing the right buttons. And you can be tracked, you can be uh, cut off from uh, various uh, benefits and services uh, if you are not the uh, the wholehearted supporter of the regime, etc. I mean, uh, I, I pay cash for gasoline. I, I don't see any sense in uh, carrying hundreds of dollars in my pocket. But on the other hand, uh, it, it's a lot easier and, and uh, it cuts down on the credit card bills if you pay things in, in cash rather than uh, uh, forking over a chunk of money for something. But uh, you know where I use the credit cards is for expensive stuff, like you go and buy a, uh, a skin cream from a drugstore. And it's eighty bucks. and i will take all of my my cash for the week, so I use a credit card.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm not going to buy skin cream at eighty bucks a pop uh, <laughs> from anybody with any kind of uh, cash, credit card, or what have you. However, uh, I think the important thing here is that the surveillance technology plus AI is at the point
1: mm-hmm. where
0: all of these cashless transactions can not only be tracked, but they can be you know they can put that information to use to try to control you. And that didn't used to be the case. It used to be that. They can't hire enough people to keep track of not only everybody, they can't hire enough people to keep track of a tiny minuscule percentage of people. So that's that's good. We don't want everybody being kept track of. But now with AI, they can. So they can have AI that can keep an eye on what everybody's buying and selling. And then if they want to try to influence somebody based on that, they can try to influence you. We already see a lot of this with our uh, we're being tracked on the Internet and then they try to sell us stuff. I don't want people spying on me. In fact, it's not I don't want it. I think I have the right to kill anybody who spies on me beyond a certain point and then tries to influence my behavior based on the spying. You know, there is there is a law against, uh, e- not eavesdropping, it's a, it's a law against uh, wiretapping and listening on to somebody listening to somebody's private telephone conversation is illegal it's called wiretapping and those laws have been around for forever same should be true for all of your communications period the internet is just a big telephone anybody who keeps track of your keyboard strokes or watches where what websites you're going to etc cetera, etc cetera, those people really should all at the very least be sentenced to life in prison
1: exactly i like that
0: okay well i'm sure i'll probably get a little pushback on that i hope so <laughs> uh How about the war on Imran Khan over in Pakistan? Another, we talked about RFK Jr. earlier, an honest political leader for once. And same thing in Pakistan. Of course, honest leaders have problems, as uh, as RFK Jr. knows from what happened to his dad. And Imran Khan in Pakistan got brutally arrested. Here's the image of all of these uh, armored tax squad goons it took an awful lot of people to handle him Ron. he must be in good shape I mean I know he's an athletic star in his youth but he's an old man now but look at what they had to do to get him it's crazy and uh then he was ordered released uh yesterday or day before and then just the the news that just came in four hours ago which was right before Showtime he uh returned home to the great celebration of his many fans like he's he's got like 60 plus percent of the population totally on his side and only a small minority strongly against him. That small minority is mostly the wealthy, comprador-bourgeois types who are living off of the corruption that he wants to end. Anyway, he's back in Lahore, uh, where he lives from Islamabad, the capital, after a kind of a, a triumphal <laughs> drive. Um, and, you know, the, the, the authorities are just desperate to prevent him from running an election. It's a little bit like Trump, except that Hebron Khan is actually a good guy. So we'll see where this all goes but it's kind of inspiring to see guys like him and RFK Jr do what they do
1: well isn't his great unspoken crime being critical of the united states and oh, yeah. its influence in the past elections and assassinations of previous leaders
0: yeah and 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 in overthrowing him you know he he objected to the fact that you know after he was pursuing a balanced foreign policy for Pakistan, one that would put Pakistan's interests first and not just continue to be a total slave of the American empire, which is threaten Pakistan that you do exactly what we say, or we're going to bomb you back to the Stone Age. That's what Bush said to Musharraf. And he, Imran Khan sees that if he works with everybody, where yeah, continue to work with the U.S., but also work with China and Russia and uh, pursue that independent policy that will be better for Pakistan. And so he started doing that, and, and he had great success. The economy was improving. And then the U.S. said, we've got to get this guy out of here. He was in Moscow when Putin went into Ukraine, and he didn't say anything against it. Uh, because again he's pursuing the best interests of the pakistani people he's not slavishly obeying american orders so the us orchestrated the coup that overthrew him and now most of the country wants him back in power he wants to be back in power and the slaves of the empire and the corrupt uh, apparatchiks are against it so it's a it's an interesting struggle there and uh yeah you meant did you mention that there was somebody you know who doesn't like him uh like a rich pakistani exile or was that somebody else i was just talking to somebody. No not me okay no. yeah yeah it's it's one of these situations where the rich exiles from places like this often end up identifying with the bad side in the struggle mm-hmm. you see this with the gusanos from iran right the rich mm-hmm. friends of the shah who are all over in los angeles oh, pursuing yeah. decadent lifestyles next door to their zionist friends and supporting the terrorists, the M.E.K. in Iran, you know, or the Cuban gusanos who hate Fidel Castro or you know the Venezuelan gusanos who hate socialism in Venezuela. All these people who come to the U.S. Uh, tend to side with the wrong side. They're usually rich, privileged, corrupt scumbags, and they don't want leadership in these countries that pursues the interests of the average people in those countries. Well, it's certainly the mainstream
1: true. media say nothing about this whatsoever. They, they, they take their their rantings as gospel or Quranic truth
0: indeed they do so uh he's home now and uh good luck God bless Imran Khan this was a good piece by Peter Osborne pointing out just basically telling the truth about this and and about the uh, overthrow of Mohammed Morsi by the Zionists in Mm -hmm. Egypt Morsi like Imran Khan is known as an individual of total in personal integrity and that's the kind of people that these scumbags in power this pathocracy of corrupt oligarchs that rules the world through their perch at the top of the U.S. Uh, they can't handle that they can't handle an honest uh, leader and that's also one of the reasons they're going against russia and china both of which for all of the problems with the leadership in those countries at least they are putting their own people's interests first rather than kowtowing to the kleptocracy over in new york and dc and london and tel aviv and so now russia just as china helped foster uh improvement of ties between Iran and Saudi Arabia, Russia is now bringing rapprochement between Turkey and Syria. Now, the U.S., which all it does is stir up wars in the Middle East, is sidelined and peace is breaking out. Oh, my God, this is is an emergency. What are the Americans going to do to stop peace from breaking out?
1: Well, you still have to get the Turks out of northwest Syria, where they claim they're protecting Turkish interests against the evil uh, Kurds that are uh, supposedly using Syria as a hideout. well there's some truth
0: to that pardon there's some truth to that claim that Mm. there's a problem with uh, and and maybe Syria and Turkey should work together to get the Kurds under control I mean these all of these countries are patchworks of many ethnic groups like there's no right to have a nation because you're an ethnic group there are you know, tens of thousands of ethnic groups on Earth, and there are only what 170 or 80 or whatever nations in the United Nations. And so this whole BS about, oh, the poor Kurds, the poor Kurds, garbage, there's no Kurdish nation. They're just an ethnic group like so many other ethnic groups in these countries, and they're being exploited by the Zionists. Uh, who are bribing the corrupt leadership of these Turkish nationalist organizations to create war and divisiveness and chaos in the region. So I, I say Damascus and Ankara should get together and solve that problem by helping reintegrate Tur- Kurds into the countries that they live in.
1: Well, the difficulty is that the Kurds were promised their own nation state at the end of the First World War, and it's not come to pass. And they, they're spread between Turkey, Syria, uh, Iraq and Iran. And, uh, I know they're working
0: guys. with the Zionists to steal Iraq's oil now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, uh, the idea is they've been, they've been used by the Americans and the Zionists as, as pawns, as cat's paws, uh, to effectuate their own reprehensible policy. So, uh, I think they've got to come up with some kind of, uh, federation in the various countries taking note of the Kurds. in, in Syria's case, Syria, uh, the government has, uh, successfully protected the rights of all of the disparate groups. Syria is kind of like a pizza with everything on it. You've got Greek Orthodox, you've got uh, uh, Druze, you've got uh, Kurds, you've got uh, regular Christians, you've got Muslims of various flavors uh, and everything was fine until the Americans invaded and then everything has been shot to hell since.
0: Yeah, I know it's quite that simple, but I, I think Syria has had their issues with the way that they balance the interests of the different groups just as Turkey has but at the end of the day, you know, the, the greatest Kurd of the 20th century was Bediya Zaman Said Nursi. And his point was that we're all Muslims and that that's the basis of unity and historically in this region. In fact, all the Muslim-majority countries, people essentially are their their first ummah or quote-unquote national group is the Islamic ummah, the Islamic nation. And so Bediya Zaman was the great hero of uh, keeping Islam alive in Turkey in the face of the world's worst cultural genocide by Ataturk. And I think the solution to this whole problem of these stupid feuding ethnicities is uh, is to return to Islamic governance, which actually generally worked pretty well in that region to, for people of different ethnicities to be working together there's no reason why each ethnicity should have its own state that's ridiculous uh that's the world has never been a world of, of ethnic states i mean ethnicity yeah, ethnicities have tribal power structures and stuff that's fine but that the overarching states shouldn't be just representing one particular ethnicity they have to balance the competing interests of many and and i mean that's just obvious so anyway we'll, we could go on that, on that for a long time let's move on to uh, to Taiwan, yeah, this was this was another uh, multipolar world breaking out story where a uh, congressman Moulton, this this Moulton guy, is threatening to blow up the world's most important semiconductor factory in Taiwan if Taiwan tries to uh, or if China tries to reintegrate Taiwan. But I mean that's that's pretty crazy because the official U.S. policy has been since Nixon made up with China that Taiwan is part of China. So what we're saying is if China tries to assert its uh, its authority within China itself, that we're going to blow up their, the mo- world's most important semiconductor factory and basically destroy the world economy. So the Seth Moulton guy, I don't know what he's smoking, but he should lay <laughs> off it.
1: Well, I mean, isn't Seth the, the Egyptian evil god? Uh, and this particular Seth Moulton is a damn Yankee Democrat uh, from Massachusetts. And bomb uh, bomb Taiwan, well, that's considered part of China by both the Taiwanese and the People's Republic folks. Uh, so he, he wants to start World War III or four.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think he's he's pretending that this is, oh, it would just be deterrence to say we're going to do that. But yeah, this, you know, Biden, one of Biden's stupidest moves has been to end the very successful policy of strategic ambiguity, which was that, okay, we admit that Taiwan's part of China, but, you know, we're not going to promise you that we wouldn't do anything to help the Taiwanese if in certain circumstances of a Chinese move into Taiwan. So it's it's a neither confirmed nor deny type, type of thing. And so that strategic ambiguity was helped keep the peace all these years. China China doesn't want a war. But if, if you lean hard enough in favor of breaking off part of China, namely Taiwan, then, yeah, then they'll, they might be forced to. And now Biden is ending strategic ambiguity and saying, yeah, we will fight to defend Taiwan under all circumstances. We, Even though it's part of China, we're still going to break it off from you, China. Take that. So, I mean, that's a good policy if you're trying to create a war. Um uh, <laughs> And and then these kind of threats are also you know, precursors to war. So we're looking at the possibility of a U.S. preemptive war to try and stop the rise of China. It would be a war of aggression, uh, the supreme war crime under international law. And we're taking baby steps, maybe not that baby, in that direction. And next door to China is, of course, India, where Hindu fascism reigns. And some guy at a place called Hausfrau Leeks, uh <laughs> wrote an article about this. Uh, tell us about this, Mike.
1: Well, it started out uh, with me doing an article a couple of months ago after a conversation with uh, Scott Weber, who takes care of my computers, among other things. Uh, He had um, told me about this, uh, and Aruna Miller, who is the lieutenant governor of Maryland, who gained office through uh, uh, torrents of money pouring in from this right-wing organization called Hindutva, which is uh, a really... uh, uh, a hinduism first and the hell with the, the the muslims the catholics and any other ethnic group in india
0: well the founders of this movement mike actually want to or they wanted to cleanse the entire indian subcontinent of all non-hindus which would yeah, be the worst they genocide to, in history. Uh,
1: uh the the 20s and 30s admiring Adolf hitler and the nazis and uh um the italians for their version of fascism and uh they built this this uh, uh movement on this and apparently it's a stealth movement uh and i went to an, a meeting in, in rockville which is a suburb of dc and uh heard of various people very well organized very well educated indians explaining this thing and how they are putting these hindu people are putting their fanatics into positions in the department of homeland security or maybe we should call it homerland insecurity uh, but uh, it, it's amazing they they uh, threatened reprisals. Uh, they had mentioned at the start of the meeting they will be taking pictures, but we'll ensure that no one is recognizable for fear of retaliation by these Hindu nationalist crazies.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're building up power in the U.S. and having crazies from another country you have power in your country is not such a great idea as we learned from the Zionist occupation of the United States. We talk about quite a lot in this show but right now we're going to talk about the royal pains that is uh well the great coronation we didn't talk a lot about this uh, glorious coronation of uh, of charles mm-hmm. I, I think charles is just middle management and here uh his boss mm-hmm. uh, rothschild is poking him in the chest um anyway matt errett wrote a great piece on king charles and he may be middle management but he's got a lot of property under his management he's the world's biggest property owner and i mean this whole uh royal system does seem to be sort of from a, another era, but uh, it's just a, one facet of the overall oligarchy that dominates the planet.
1: Well it's amazing how the guy went into fantastic detail about uh, 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 King Chucky there and how much he owns and where he owns it and uh, how uh, the British Empire may be defunct, but still the the moneyed people and the uh, political types seem to keep control
0: yeah it's the same old same old well, Let's we on to the ID Paul the identity politics stories this week uh 200 million for every black person wow that's California's going to have to drum up a lot of money maybe print <laughs> up a lot of money there I mean you know 200 million here 200 million there sure you're talking real money
1: and <laughs> I, mean, I'll,
0: I I'll definitely uh start identifying as black uh and move to California if this goes through <laughs> uh uh, I can see it. So, so this guy's reasoning is that, you know, you, you know they, they promised 40 acres and a mule back in 1865. Mm-hmm. They didn't come through. So I want 40 acres of prime San Francisco real estate. <laughs> now, trouble, I don't think there are enough 40 acre parcels in San Francisco to uh, to make this work. But anyway, the California reparations panel here is also trying to throw out the state prohibition on discrimination because they want to discriminate in order to hand money to black people. So that would basically make discrimination legal again. So it's kind of strange that it's come full circle. And now the racial justice advocates are calling for discrimination and ending all bans on discrimination.
1: Well, it's not only in California. I belong to Planet Fitness in Arlington, Virginia. And I was thrown out of their um, uh, health club. And it took me four months to find out why. I had said that uh, there was this Negro guy in there and he was coughing and wheezing and spreading all kinds of horrible germs. He was bent double, in fact, when he was coughing. It Wasn't a clear he thought cough, but I had insulted him and I, I was being racially insensitive. And I said, well, you really ought to look at the fact that he's spreading all kinds of gut. So when
0: when you complained about this, I take it, you weren't uh, talking about his race, you're talking about the fact that he was coughing, right?
1: Yeah, well, I, I had. It was, it was, there was a whole bunch of people in the club and I couldn't say, well, the Chinese guy in the corner is coughing or the Caucasian is coughing i said this negro fellow over there is doing that and why did you let him in and why well mike
0: when you use the word negro you're kind of revealing your age oh (laughs) my grandma used to say that well she was born in
1: 1901.
0: (laughs) okay but but your point is 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 well taken there's an incredible sensitivity about this it's like maybe it's too it's like a hypersensitivity and Certainly talking about, like, these insane reparations, Mm. 200 million per head concepts, it just shows that it's, yeah, sensitivity might not even be the right word here. Some kind of neuroticism.
1: Is that that in uh, inflation from the 40 acres and a mule to $200 million?
0: Yeah, I guess that's a bit of inflation, yeah. but uh, So how about the Texas uh, Hispanic white supremacists? There seem to be a lot of these Hispanic white supremacists out there that... Proud Boys leader uh is is hispanic and the the media keeps telling us that the problem is white supremacy white 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 but a lot of the all all these hispanic white supremacists show up in, in some really bad places like this gunman in texas and it does get a little confusing um but so why do we have to believe this guy is a white supremacist even though his name is mauricio garcia well (laughs) uh he mentioned something about the the noble war which is a white supremacist phrase on social media so i'm I'm really confused because i always thought that like trump was blamed for white supremacism (laughs) which is all about locking out the hispanic people from the border and yet now we're told all these hispanic bad hispanic people are all white supremacists well
1: i mean it's it's i i think it's the lack of um ability to analyze situations. Uh, there was this one guy who shot and killed his entire neighbor's family uh, because they objected to him firing a rifle in the backyard. The guy was an illegal alien. He'd been deported four times, yet he still came back and still killed people. And uh, somehow they blame this on firearms rather than the fact that these people are mentally disturbed and the government doesn't step in uh, to protect the rest of the population from the loonies
0: yeah i don't know why we have so many loonies here um but yeah the the whole mainstream media was basically putting this guy out as a white supremacist and and, you know they had almost no evidence for that but he supposedly had nazi tattoos so that makes him a white supremacist anyway any just you don't like somebody they have to be a white supremacist i guess and there's a mauricio down at the at the kkk initiation apparently um it's uh the, this whole racial thing is getting stranger and stranger all the time. And speaking of stranger and stranger all the time, how about George Santos? Uh, they broke the story broke early this week that he was facing federal charges, which he hadn't heard anything about. Uh, of course, this is the guy who got elected to Congress on the basis of being a Jewish, Ukrainian, gay, Holocaust, surviving, whatever else. And it was all BS. He <laughs> just made it all up. He's uh, from a Catholic background in Brazil, apparently. And now he's being charged with how many counts? Seven counts was it? Or, yeah, seven counts of wire fraud, money laundering, uh, theft of public funds, false statements to the House of Representatives, embezzlement, yada, yada, yada. So there you go. Um, Any yada, yada, politics can go off the rails sometimes. In fact, pretty much all the time.
1: Well, the thing of it is, though, where is this wonderful mainstream media, the fourth estate, as they probably call themselves? Couldn't they have investigated some of these rather wild charges given all his uh, his co- collection? Yeah, congressional candidates
0: are supposed to get media scrutiny, aren't they?
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. He just made all this th- stuff up. It's very selective. Yeah, and, and it
0: worked. Like, I'm a gay Jewish Ukrainian Holocaust survivor. Vote <laughs> for me. It's like everybody robotically just, yes, pull the lever for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what's Where's this country coming to? i got to get to Morocco a little faster than September, <laughs> I right. think. So, how about Missouri uh, banning uh, transgender health care and sports participation. In other words, I think they what is this ban? It's like ban on is it under eighteen like mm-hmm. uh, mutilation and poisoning. <laughs>
1: That's yeah, what they're yeah, banning. The business of uh, drugs to control puberty and, and uh, uh, surgical techniques to uh, to deny the fact that you're a male or female. I mean, my God, uh, it, it's uh, it, it's attacking the basis of society.
0: You know, you don't favor genital mutilation. For no, uh, teenagers no. and, and young children uh, yeah uh, a lot of people do these days though apparently and there's a new law over in washington that's on the other side missouri is is kind of cracking down on this fad of uh, of brainwashing kids into you know going along with their fantasies and then mutilating them or in washington they're going to protect these kids from their parents doesn't that make you feel safe
1: no it makes me feel that this is a direct attack on society by crazies who don't know what sex they are
0: and the uh, ap headline uh, is talking about yeah protecting minors uh from their parents um and so if if you put your kid in daycare and the daycare management tells you that your three-year-old needs to be uh, given drugs and or surgery because they think that they're the other gender and you try to say no to that, I guess in Washington, your three-year-old will be protected and uh, and mutilated (laughs) as they wish.
1: (laughs) I mean, I know an Arab journalist uh, who uh, once told me that her four-year-old daughter at the time thought she was a boy, and we had a big laugh about it. They all do
0: that. I mean, all those little kids are constantly, you know, as they go through these phases where they play dress up this, dress up that. I mean, mutilate them because they're playing dress up and fantasizing at that age when that's what they're supposed to do and they've always done it's just unbelievable anyway uh it's the world we're living in and the last slide of our show is this uh god is right so i mean this is a substitute religion they're really trying to get us to to actually worship this uh strange delusion i'm not saying all the people who harbor the delusion are bad people lots of them probably i would agree with on lots of subjects and i would really like them as people But this is a delusion. (laughs) Thinking that you're the gender that you aren't is a delusion. It's not true. But we have to worship it now. God is trans, according to a Catholic church. I got to get E-Mike back on the show to talk about
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know this Arab journalist from Africa, and she's told me any number of times that Christianity is destroying itself. And this is perfect proof of that. Uh, And it's the Catholics that supposedly the most conservative christian sect going uh is promoting this garbage uh so you sort of wonder about them i mean my aunt used to say that the, the catholic church was a refuge for homosexuals uh but uh i think this is going beyond that
0: okay well i'm sure uh you know, that e michael jones would have something to say about that if we i will actually he, he'll be on a, is it next week or the week after he'll be back pretty soon and uh and maybe we we can uh bring this up but when i see this story all i can say is alhamdulillah i'm an irish muslim <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's uh that's it for the show tonight thank you so much uh Jay mike it's been all fun right. as always keep up the good I work enjoyed it. and keep up those great posts at house for our weeks
1: i will indeed
0: okay take care bye-bye okay bye